BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. My name is Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. Today's podcast guest is major. She's one of my personal role models and a serious boss lady. Maria is the founder of Rodeal and Nip and Fab. Not only has she built a massive beauty empire, which is loved by celebrities like Kylie Jenner, Sophia Ritchie, and Jessica Alba, she's also an author who is super real. I finished her book, How to Be an Overnight Success, in two days. It's a book filled with tips and tricks for budding entrepreneurs, and it basically busts the myth of the overnight success. It's a really inspiring read. And now she's releasing a new book, How to Make It All Happen. Obviously, I've pre-ordered my copy, and if you're looking for some serious motivation, I suggest you do the same. Today's episode gives you a look into how Maria built her massive beauty empire, her struggles at the beginning, and how she runs things so smoothly, plus a lot of really good beauty tips. This is an episode that absolutely everyone should listen to, and I can't wait to dive in. Before we get into our conversation, I wanted to tell you guys about my favorite product for dealing with anxiety, Arrays Calm Alchemy Capsules. I don't know about you guys, but every day since the 1st of January has felt like a Monday. My inbox is bursting at the seams, and I feel like I'm constantly playing catch-up after the holidays. Enter Arrays Calm Alchemy Capsules. Whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, I take two to three. These capsules are a 100% natural blend of herbs, minerals, and vitamins, which are designed to relax your body in under an hour. They don't make you drowsy, although I do love taking them before bed for an uninterrupted night's sleep. You can use the code DREAMBIGGER for 10% off at checkout. And now with that, let's welcome Maria to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so Maria, you used to be a beauty editor. How did you end up starting a beauty brand? So I was always passionate about uh, beauty and fashion. Um, And yes, my first job was a beauty writer for Seventeen magazine. I uh, was always intrigued by business. So um, I ended up um, in New York studying business. And um, when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, everyone at the time was going into banking, so I thought, well, I should go into banking too. Um, so I started working for um, an investment bank, uh, first in New York and then moved to London. And everyone was reading the Financial Times, and I was reading Vogue, so <laughs> I didn't really fit in there at all. And um, 
within two years in this role, I was called into the boardroom and I got fired. I was devastated. Uh, but you know what? That was the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me realize what my passion was and that I was definitely not going to be doing corporate finance as a career path. Um, so that was the point that um, I, I took a few months off and I kind of did everything from going to museums to visiting flea markets to kind of clarifying my thought process and deciding what I wanted to do and I went back to the days when I was a beauty writer and I love beauty and I thought yeah maybe I should start a, a beauty brand um, so I did some research and I saw a gap in the market for a skincare range that would offer targeted treatments to specific skin concerns at the time there was nothing like this in the market it was all a basic moisturizer basic toner um, and remember this is 20 years ago so um, I came up with the idea of uh, doing a range with unusual ingredients and fun packaging and demystifying skincare and make it interesting, effective and exciting. And that's how Rodial was born. So when you were starting out, like how, like how did you even go about finding the right manufacturer and all of these different like elements to starting a skincare brand? Um, yeah, well, one of the things that I actually learned when I was in banking is to be able to research an industry very quickly and be able to go around and do my research and, and, and sort of find all the resources that I needed. But the, the first thing I did was booked myself a bunch of trips to go to trade shows. And there's this show in Italy, which is very well known. It's called Cosmoprof. Um, and I went there and there were hundreds of suppliers, manufacturers, developers, um, and I spent 48 days there kind of walking up and down, up and down, visiting booths, learning, and just collecting business cards. So um, came back, um, again, just thinking, who did I connect with? Who were some of the best ideas that I saw? And then went back and visited two or three factories. Um, they ended up being in the UK, actually. And, and that's how I found my lab, my manufacturer, my designer. So it's just going to trade shows. Amazing. So obviously innovation is at the heart of the brand. And I think it's so cool. Like even when you see the names on, like it's, if someone goes to your website, there is like bee venom moisturizer, snake booster oil, dragon's blood eye mask. Can you tell me about each of these ranges and why such interesting names? Um, so it all goes back to... Um, year number five of uh, being in the business. And uh, we were doing okay, we we're not doing great. Um, and we were going to launch our first ever anti-aging serum. So the product arrives from the lab, I look at it, I try the product, it felt amazing. Uh, but uh, was I excited about launching another anti-aging serum? I mean, who are so many big companies that are doing it? And I felt I needed something different to make the product stand out. We had zero money for advertising. The marketing budget was tiny. So um, I went through the list of ingredients and one of the ingredients related to Viper Venom. So I said to my team, let's just call the product Snake Serum. And they all freaked out. They said, you're going to take us out of business. But we, <laughs> we talked about it and then we all got really excited. Well, you know, we're a small brand. Let's just do something different. Um, so we went with it, we capitalized on the ingredient, we made the product black, we did a photo shoot with snakes, and we took the pictures viral. Uh, 
and that's where it all started. Suddenly, people were talking about this unknown brand, Rodial, with this crazy product snake serum. We're getting calls from Germany, from Japan, from everywhere who wanted a piece of that product and the action. Um, so that's how it all started. And snake serum put Rodial on the map. Um, and then a year passed. And, you know, once you create the hype, you have to keep up the hype. So it was like, what's next? Um, and with, I discovered this ingredient called dragon's blood, which sounds really scary. Yeah, but it sounds like Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. Um, it comes from a sap from a tree, and the, uh, its function is that it seals the moisture, and it works very well with hyaluronic acid. So it, it amplifies the plumping effect of hyaluronic acid, and it seals it in. So it has a massive hydrating and plumping element. So um, Dragon's Blood, I mean, sounded amazing, the next snake serum. So we went with it. Um, and then the third range um, on the same note um, was bee venom. And th the way that bee venom works is um, when, let's say, a bee... Um, uh, St stings or bites yeah, stings, yeah. stings. <laughs> uh, then what your skin naturally does um, it starts healing itself so the healing process brings new cells like microneedling um, exactly on top of the skin so by using this ingredient we help new cells come to the surface of the skin and it's a great anti-aging ingredient so yeah you just have to keep up with the hype that's so cool. Like, honestly, the first thing that strikes me is these names. And like you, I mean, like back in the day, I'm sure it was like a risk, especially for a small brand. But I feel like it made you guys who you are, these like really cool names and super innovative products. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, a lot of people still remember us for um, for those products. And it's interesting because I haven't even seen any other brands try to get into those ingredients. I think we own the market. But, you know, with everything in business, it doesn't you, you don't know when a product's going to be successful. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. Of course. Like you launch it and you hope for the best. So we were lucky. I mean, this doesn't mean every single product we launch has been a massive success. You know, we've had ups and downs. But um, yeah, if, if, you know, 50% you're there, that's good enough. So when you started producing these products, would you do more like small scale production? And then if you saw that it was really successful, then go into larger scale? Yeah, well, I had to keep things really tight because I wasn't able to get a financing for my business. And it's still a private business we yeah don't I read that in your book which is awesome funding um and that's kind of like a, it's a message to everyone out there I think a lot of people get disappointed if they try to get funding and they don't um and my message is just go and do it and and bootstrap the business and and put your passion in there and the hours and you'll make you'll make it happen um so just going back to your question um when I started, I did really small badges. So we're talking about 500 pieces. Um, what that meant was I had to go with stock packaging and label or do small print runs and then find a manufacturer who could do 500 pieces. That's how we started. And we always started with a small quantity. If the product did well, then we can scale and go to a thousand, a couple of thousand, five thousand, and so on. Um, with snake serum, um, we had the opposite problem. So we probably at that point we were doing runs of a thousand units, and suddenly we had orders for ten thousand. So it's like, oh shit, you know, you have to get the packaging and you, you have to get the orders. So 
that is equally painful when you know the orders are there and you know you can get the money to grow the business but you don't have the stock so you know you, you have to be conservative um, but when a product does well then it's equally stressful to get the stock totally totally but I mean whatever you've done has done so well so it <laughs> works out um, if you could name three rodeo products that everyone should have what would they be um, our best-selling product right now is the Dragon's Blood Sculpting Gel. What does and it do? A, it's, it, it has the maximum amount of Dragon's Blood combined with hyaluronic acid. It's a product that you use um, on its own. Um, I actually mix it up with my day cream to give me that XXL plumping effect. Um, and it's great for any skin that needs all that plumping it's been called the liquid facelift we've mm. had lots of press about it wow. and it's it just lifts and plumps and just adds volume where you need volume um and and we sell did i say we sell one per minute globally this is our number one bestseller whoa yeah that's wild it it, it is crazy yeah it's, it's still our number one bestseller um the second product that uh, I am obsessed with is the Pink Diamond Cleansing Balm. I've been using cleansing balms for forever uh, since I was 20 and I had a breakout and I went to a dermatologist. I had to go on sort of retinols and, and antibiotics and all that. And he said, you are using very harsh cleansers and you need to switch once we get rid of the spots. We, had to, we have to switch to a balm cleanser. And since then, my skin has really changed. So I have developed a lot of balm cleansers for Rodial. And the Pink Diamond one is just beautiful. It goes um, like a beautiful balm, but then you can wash it off and it turns into a milky toner. Wow. Um, it comes with a muslin cloth uh, that does a mild exfoliation as well. So this is my staple. Morning and evening, I go through, I don't know how many tubes of that Pink Diamond <laughs> cleanser. Uh, and the third product, which is uh, from our cosmetics range, is the Diamond Concealer. This is my must-have. If I was to have one makeup product, uh, that would be the Diamond Concealer. Um, sometimes I, I'm in a rush in the morning. I don't have like a minute to get ready. So we put a bit of concealer and I blend it in and you're good to go. It stays put all day. Um, it just gives you that light reflection. And I've been a big fan of the YSL Touche Cla for years. And when we launched that diamond, the Rodial Diamond Concealer, I just, this is my new love. So I've, I've been on it for three years now. A good concealer is such a game changer, though. I oh, feel you're, like you're, you yeah. can't even tell you're wearing makeup, which is just, I mean, who doesn't want that? Exactly. <laughs> so that's idea. Yeah. Cool. So... <clears throat> You guys have a very strong social media presence and so do you like your personal account as well. And you've been just great on social media. It's been a brand that's really an example of what they can do with social media, especially because you guys have been around for a really long time. So like, how did you modify your social media to fit the digital age? And what are your social media tips for brands that are starting out? Um, you know, social media is a, is an ongoing, uh, learning experience. <laughs> I have to say it's a lot of trial and error. Um, back in February, we looked at the, um, at Rodial Beauty account and I couldn't even recognize who we were. And on that day we decided we deleted 3000 
pictures. We restarted our account. Um, And sort of this is my message to anyone who is running a social media account for their business. I feel that every few months you need to go back and ask yourself, what is the story that I'm that I am telling? What is my brand representing? And really stick to that, because what happens is, you know, we all are on Instagram a few hours a day at least, and we look at what other brands do. And sometimes you can get carried away, and you have to stick to who you are. You have to stick to what is the story that you're telling. And if it just doesn't feel right at some point, just go and delete everything and start from scratch. So it's it's very, very important to, yeah, just, just tell the story. I, I think that's it. It's simple. Um, and yeah, that's... But it's true. And like consistency, I see it both like right now, like on Rodeal and actually on your personal account as well. Like it's just, it's, it's like so branded. It's almost like noticeable that it's your Instagram and it's Rodeal's Instagram, which is really cool. Um, thank you for that. Um, what we, what we do is we use the, the feed and that took us a long time to figure it out. We, we use our feed to, to inspire, to educate, um, to entertain and, and we use the stories for some more raw material. Uh, but it took us a while to figure it out. There was a point that we're doing makeup tutorials on the feed. And then after a point, it didn't feel right. So we had to change the way we represented ourselves. Um, but yeah, there is a strategy. And in terms of, you know, we post a couple of times a day. And we always try to have fun material for stories and, and be a bit more playful. Um, but again, as you know, the rules change by the day. So we always, uh, I always like to read and educate myself and, and see what's new and how can we do better. So, yeah. I love that you guys have been so strong on social media, though. Like, I feel like it's it's really like a superpower for a brand who like is who's able to execute it properly. So I think it's awesome. Um, so you guys are a celebrity favorite. And obviously this didn't happen like overnight. So how did you start getting noticed by celebrities? Like, do you remember the first time that you got in a celebrity's radar and it was just like a, you know, an amazing moment for you? Mm. Well, um, we since day one, we've been sending a lot of free product to uh, publicists, to agents, with the hope that they would send it to their clients. And and sometimes you get lucky. And over the years, I mean, we've had amazing stars um, getting their hands over products from. Um, where do I even start? From you know the Kardashians to uh, J Lo to sort of a lot of the younger actresses. Um, but I, I guess, you know, one of the most memorable times was when Kylie Jenner got her hands on um, on our sub-brand, Nip and Fab, on those glycolic pads. And the story is that we work with a lot of makeup artists. They uh, We send them our products to prep the skin before the makeup application. And one of the artists that we've been working with for a couple of years at that point, he was working on a shoot with Kylie Jenner in L.A., and um, they're at the studio. She looks at the glycolic pads um, and she's used them for a few days after the shoot. She got so excited about them and she posted about them. And this Amazing. is, she was about 16. So this was before the time that she started, um, you know, being a, a beauty icon and a, and a beauty mogul and all that. Um, and so she posted about our products and... Oof, the account went crazy. The Nippon Fab account, we went from 
10,000 followers to, you know, just a couple of hundred thousand wow. in a few days. Insane. Um, it was insane. And, and that was that made us think, well, this is someone who has a huge impact on the brand. So we got in touch with Chris. And this is, again, before she even started her own range. And Kylie became an ambassador for Nib and Fab twice. Uh, but, you know, we were lucky. And it was the timing. Um because like after the second time we worked with her, she launched her own brand and she stopped doing collaborations with beauty brands. Um, but, you know, now we couldn't afford her. Uh, she's on another level. So sometimes it's, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And sometimes you're lucky. Yeah. And, yeah. So for, say someone starts a younger brand, how do you recommend in today's day and age they get their product in front of celebrities is just sending it out to PR then? Um, lots of that. I mean, at the beginning, when you uh, budget for um, your PR, you have to budget for a lot of free product that you give away. Right. Um, go and find the celebrities that um, you would love to work with and find who's their makeup artist, who's their hairstylist, um, an agent and publicist. So find the teams around them and go to those teams. Um, and it, it's, it's a matter of luck. You know, if you have a great product, the makeup artist or anyone who receives it, they may love it, give it to their client. And, you know, when they give interviews, even if they have a contract with a big company, they do have to mention some other products. So you may get lucky and they may mention your product. Um, so it's just sending a lot out there, like looking at um, goodie bags, being part of events. Um, and if you don't have big budget, you just have to give out your product. Right, right. So smart. Um, so I just finished reading your book or listening to it, actually. I did it on audiobook and I loved it. I actually finished it in two days. It was like nonstop. Thank you. Um, and I love that you bust this myth of the overnight success because I think it's just so important because people look at successful people from the outside in and they think that it happened overnight, which is not true. So you said that, you know, it took you 18 years to become an overnight success. So could you share one of the biggest obstacles that you faced while getting your business off the ground? Does anything come to mind? Um, the biggest obstacle was money. Um, because like you, you read a lot of stories about, okay, this brand went out there and got millions of yeah. funding oh, and yeah. they suddenly have, you know, those fancy offices and they do pop-up shops and campaigns and, and, you know, you feel the pressure when you feel like everyone's getting that. Y yeah. You feel like everyone's getting that and you think, you know, what's wrong with me? Why? can I not get that? And then it's not just about the money. I mean, I remember, um, and it's interesting because I did come from a finance background. So you would think if there's one thing that I could do well is raise funding for my business. Um, and I contacted 20 VCs. Um, I, I got about 10 emails back. I had five meetings and I got zero investment. So that was it. And there was a point that it wasn't just about the money that I didn't get uh, and I had to sort of find a way to bootstrap the business. It was not getting that validation that my idea was good enough because right. then you start questioning yourself. Well, if those people said no, then maybe this is not the right thing for me. Um, so that was that was really hard. Uh, when everyone else was getting investment and I wasn't. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, when you have to work with less, you make better decisions because you know that every um, penny that you spend 
has to make you money, has to be profitable. Whereas when you're flooded with money, I think, you know, you can spend it on fancy offices and, and crazy expensive campaigns that don't really matter. So when you start uh, without funding, you potentially can get more profitable more quickly and it's a more sustainable business. Yeah, it's really smart. And yeah, like what you're saying is so true as well, because nowadays you see like everyone, like every company that's starting out, there's always something about them getting like all this funding. And so like if you don't have that, it's it's difficult, you know, but I think that there's something to be said about people who are able to bootstrap their business and get it to where you are, which is like I think it's it's such a great example for people who might not get investment. So, you know, it's like a ray of hope almost. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good message out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And now you're about to release a new book, um, How to Make It Happen. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what they can expect from the book? Um, so yeah, How to Make It Happen, um, Turning Rejection into Success. Love it. Um, and it's, it's a sequel from the first book. So the first book is all about how to start a business and um, going through my story and sharing my challenges and how I overcame them. Um, How to Make It Happen is a guide. It's a 10-step guide that takes you from zero motivation to take you to be a motivation powerhouse. So I'm taking you through the steps of how to set your goals, uh, how to set a mood board, what you do when um, you have a bad day, morning routines, and everything that you need to just be this powerhouse of motivation. Um, So it's a how-to self-help book. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds sounds really good. And I'm super excited for it personally because I loved your first book. When is it available? Um, So it's... um, it's launching in the um, in the UK on the twenty third of January, and uh, shortly thereafter in all the international markets on Amazon. Okay, well, is it, it's available for pre order though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go go pre order it, guys. Okay, so if someone is looking to start their own business and comes to you for advice, what are a couple of actionable tips you can give them? Okay, I have three tips. Yes. Uh, my first tip is read up. Um, and it's all about educating yourself every single day, whether that's um, listening to podcasts, reading books, attending conferences, speaking to people, uh, try to get as much information as you can and um, just be open to what's new because like the industry changes so fast. What you know today is going to be all new six months from now. My second tip is dress up. Um, especially when you start your own business, you know, there's days that you feel like putting on, you know, an old sweatshirt and sweatpants and looking like a slob. And it's all about building that confidence. So sometimes dressing up and putting on that lipstick and just feeling good about yourself, you're going to be a better business person. You're going to be a better entrepreneur. So dress up. And my third tip is uh, never give up. Um, as my first book says, uh, there's nothing like an overnight success. It did take me 18 years. Um, I feel a lot of people expect too much to happen within two years of starting a business. But to see the results, you, re- you need about five years in it. So don't give up. Follow your dreams. 
you will get there. You'll make it happen. Yeah, totally. I actually love your second tip. And I love that you went through it in such detail in your first book. I actually really, really enjoyed it. And like, I remember when I first started working for myself, um, I would just be in like my pajamas. And then I think it was like a week and a half in, I was like, I feel really depressed. Like what's happening, (laughs) you know? And all I started doing was like getting dressed even though I was working from my own apartment. And I feel like it made the biggest difference. Biggest. I felt like I was in charge of my life. And like, there's something to be said about that. Like, I don't think people should work out of their pajamas. You know, it's just not something that should happen. Not (laughs) at all. Like, you have to take it seriously. The the fact that you're working from home, it, it, like, you have to take it seriously. You have to feel good about yourself. Look in the mirror and just enjoy what you're looking at. If you want to be... Um, business person or you want to be uh, in control of your career you know wherever you work from you just have to represent who you want to be yeah it's it's just it's so true so I know you'd mentioned just briefly like that you go through your morning routine in your new book but I wanted to see if we could get a little preview because I love morning routines. So could you take me through yours? <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say that morning is the best time yes. of, my, of the day. <laughs> I, uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go to bed. And I'm thinking, let me fall asleep really fast and let the morning come really fast. Oh, I'm the same. I look forward to my morning. Yeah, it's I like look the peak f- of my day. I look forward to the morning like like nothing else. Um, so I I tend to wake up um, at around 5.30. Um, and the first thing that I do is I drink hot water with lemon and an organic espresso and then I meditate for 10 minutes now I I went on and off on meditation and um, you have to one of one of my gurus told me that you have to meditate every single day if you want to keep it up whether you're having a bad day or a good day so if you go through just good days still meditate you need that so um do i med- use, do you use an app or like uh, yeah i use headspace mm-hmm. and they have different packs and mm-hmm. um there's the basic breathing pack and i'm now doing i'm excited about this current pack which is called creativity pack and if you're stuck you know if you want new ideas it it helped me come up with some really crazy ideas lately. Wow. It's called the Creativity Pack, and it's about it's thirty sessions. Um, so I'm really enjoying this, and it's making me more creative. So I meditate for ten minutes, um, and it's actually shown that if you meditate in the morning, the first thing before your head starts processing ideas is the best time. Um, then I uh, do something for my self development. And every day can be different. Um, If I'm really into it, I could listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, read a few pages from a book, or just scroll down fashion sites and Pinterest for some inspiration. So it's how I feel. It's not, oh, you know, I woke up, let's listen to a podcast today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's how I feel, but it has to be some creative space for me that doesn't relate to my day-to-day work. Mm -hmm. Could be something. Recently, I've been uh, listening to a lot about... um, the moon um signs and situations and cool. you know, the retrogrades and all that so <laughs> um i've been listening to a lot of that which i've enjoyed wait is it a podcast or where do you um different things um on youtube um because there's been a lot of moon activity recently yeah. oh yeah totally and and that really affected me the last six months and i went through different uh phases of being super settled to unsettled so i really wanted to understand what's behind it and a lot of it has to do with 
where the the planets are. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of YouTube on the planets. <laughs> That's the latest thing. Um, and yeah, so I do all that. And, and then I go to the gym. I have to work out sort of uh, seven-ish, the latest, just because after that, I mean, first of all, I, I, I come to work. So, um, but also after a certain point, I don't have the energy. Yeah. It's like I come up with excuses. Well, it's a busy day. Well, I have to do this. So I have to be at the gym before my mind starts coming up with excuses. Um, it could be um, Barry's boot camp, it could be a TRX class, um, or it could be just some yoga, uh, or a walk in the park. I, I try to move every single day during the week and I have the weekends off. So, I, But I, I like some action in the morning to get my, get my body moving and get my uh, mind moving as well so yeah that's that's my morning routine then I have a protein shake and and some green vegetables and then I'm off to work I love it um okay so we're gonna wrap up tell everyone where they can find you um so um I am at Mrs. Rodial on Instagram um I also have a podcast um called Overnight Success um, now the podcast is um, has been on a hiatus for a few months now, but I have all my top episodes there. It's it's good so, content. I've I've listened to it. Yeah, so it was uh, sort of a, a follow up on the book. Yeah, um, I really liked the episode, guys. By the way, you should listen to this one. It's how to find a mentor. Um, but right. I, like wh- how you talk about it, it's just so interesting. So Thank I you. just wanted to like recommend that episode. Thank you. Um, and. Um, yeah, so on Amazon, my books, How to Be an Overnight Success and How to Make It Happen coming up in um, January. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 